Just listen to this man, he got some good news for you. Hey, everybody, gather near. The doctor's in the house, so lend him your ear. The things he can say might even make your day. He might even help your pain go away. The doctor is in the house. The doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you. I'm sure he can tell you just what to do. The doctor is in the house. gentlemen this is dr ron and i am in the house today and i am the host of dr ron unfiltered uncensored now in our sixth year and i do welcome you with an attitude of gratitude and i have to tell you that this program contains general medical information the medical information heard on this program is not advice and should not be treated as such you weren't You're encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Geez, welcome. And uh, isn't it incredible that uh, the month of February is coming to a close? We're in the last week. And really, the pandemic is coming to a close, but the politicians uh, have learned, as you see in Canada, they've learned how to control people. Peaceful people, peaceful protesters like the truckers. So they bring in outside forces and trample their own citizens down, steal their bank money. It's incredible. But I think the tipping point is here, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, things will start to turn around and we have to stay positive. Okay, stay very positive about what <clears throat> what's happening because a good positive attitude is good for your immune system. And we have to reject fear, we have to reject isolation, and we have to fill our hearts with love, hope, and God. Because you're not going to get the information you need to survive on the mainstream press. You know, you still haven't heard about that uh, John Hopkins study that was reported a couple <clears throat> a couple weeks ago about how isolation, uh, mass lockdowns that they didn't work from John Hopkins, a, a Bill Gates institution. 
Nobody's talking about it. You heard it here, but you don't hear it every night. Ladies and gentlemen, they do not work. Everything they've tried does not work. You cannot vaccinate yourself out of an epidemic. Everyone says that about uh, phony Fauci because he has money to be made. Okay, so uh, follow the money and do your own homework. Take care of yourself. Because if you look at the um, titles that doctors are doing podcasts on, they're, they're all talking about being depressed and not happy with their profession. Well, of course they're not happy. They went through all this training to be told not how to practice medicine, but to follow a cookbook. They know they knew from the beginning that there were drugs that could treat this infection very successfully, like Dr. Zelenko did. Treated thousands of patients and maybe one or two deaths. But they weren't allowed to do it because they would lose their licenses. They'd be thrown off the staff of hospitals. They would lose their livelihood. So they had to file, follow the cookbook that the CDC put out or NIH. They had to follow that cookbook. And since the American Medical Association is all run by big pharmaceutical companies, and as I told you last week, a lot of the FDA commissioners go on to big jobs at Big Pharma, young physicians really don't have much choice but to be uh, following a recipe, like they're baking a cake. Oh, you have COVID, we're only allowed to do A, B, and C. Well, it turns out if you're in the hospital and they do A, B, and C, you're going to die. Okay, but but we've talked about this. I don't want to spend a lot of time with it. I do want to tell you that this morning uh, I, I needed to go and get some grounding. So I went to the beach and went for a walk in the nice sand because it's 80 degrees here in southwest Florida. And what do I see? I see people on their cell phones up to their ears and drinking out of plastic bottles. They're doing everything 180 degrees from what they should be doing. They should be enjoying their feet in that sand, getting those electrons into their body, refurbishing their electrons, not giving themselves brain cancers, acoustic neuromas, and ruining their immunity by putting that electromagnetic field up to their head. A time when you could just get away from all this technology waste it and then having uh, drinking from plastic bottles with all the phytoestrogens it's really discouraging to see that people just do not listen and that's why we have the highest percentage of chronic diseases of any civilized country so ladies and gentlemen i've talked about this for years now please try and listen okay and and today i want to talk about aspirin And I was looking through my notes. I've been doing programs on aspirin since 2017. I couldn't believe it myself. 2017, I've been doing them. So uh, we'll we'll try again. We'll try again to talk about aspirin. and, And do you really think it's safe? Okay. Now we're talking about primary prevention today. Okay. That's if you don't have a risk factor. So 
So now you don't have a risk factor. And if you take a uh, aspirin every day, they say you may have a risk, but it's worse than that. It's a nightmare. And this is one of the most common medications that's used in the on the planet. Okay, you maybe you're taking it taking it yourself for, for aches and pains. But there's an ugly risk, ladies and gentlemen. You, you, you already know, and we will talk a little bit more about them, aspirin's bleeding problems. And that that's, it involves two major areas, the gut bleeds, you know, where you have uh, blood in your stools, and brain bleeds when you can have an intracranial hemorrhage. Sometimes you just don't recover from them. And so for primary prevention, most physicians that are uh, treating their clients without the cookbook they they i think they have told their, their their patients to stop taking it if there's no reason but i think uh, from what i can see millions are still taking a daily aspirin and so a new study finds they could be sitting ducks for a new scary risk and what the heck is that in people who already have one risk factor for heart problems, taking this drug daily could raise your odds, now listen to this, of heart failure by 26%. Heart failure from taking something you think is, is normal. Isn't that why you're taking it, to protect yourself? If you have multiple risk factors, you'll even be more of a risk for heart failure. It means that millions of us, millions of older Americans are facing this risk. And they're not aware of it. And this is a European study out of the European Society of Cardiology. But are you reading about it in the headlines? So unless you listen to my podcast or similar podcast, you're not hearing that aspirin could cause heart failure 26% of the time. So do you think it's time to quit taking it? Now, don't just stop it on your own because you cannot just quit aspirin suddenly, and that could be as dangerous as taking it. You have to have someone monitor you so you can get off of this drug, so you can quit it safely. And then have another plan for your heart health, one backed by science, without putting you at risk for heart failure. Oh, so you say, well, what is it? Well, I'm, you know, I'm gonna tell you, it's CoQ10. It's L-carnitine, it's magnesium, and it's the mixed tocopherols of vitamin E. Now you wanna see a naturopathic healer, a naturopathic physician to help you customize this. But there are options uh, to taking aspirin. I mean, that should have made the headlines all over the place about heart failure, wouldn't you think? 
especially in seniors. I mean, especially with the, the you know, we already have known about the ugly truth that aspirin can cause brain, uh, brain bleeds. But it doesn't keep that first heart attack away like millions were sold on. In fact, there's hardly any protection. But it can increase your risk of GI bleeding by, guess what, 60%. I mean, that's pretty serious as you get older. Right? 60%. If you're past 70, ladies and gentlemen, an aspirin a day plan will double your risk of death from stage three tumors and boost your risk of stage four death by 33%. So here you think you're doing something good, preventing that first heart attack. And now you have, you're at a risk of heart failure. You're at a risk of cancer, colon cancer. And maybe you could have done without it in the beginning. And this is for primary prevention. And the benefits for primary primary prevention are almost non-existent. You know, with increasing of bleeding, cancer. So I, I have to admit, though, to be honest with you, the American College of Cardiology and the American Heart Association has finally updated their guidelines and recommended against aspirin for most people. But I don't think the word has gotten out. Because as far as I can tell, close to 30 million Americans still take it on a daily basis. 30 million of us. Not me, I don't take it. 30 million Americans are still taking it. It's pretty scary, you know? Pretty scary. And this is for primary prevention. So this supposedly safe treatment, huh? So if you're taking it for primary prevention, what does that mean? Well, it means that you're, you're taking a low dose every day to try and prevent or have zero symptoms of heart disease. Primary prevention, no history of cardiovascular disease or stroke, and zero symptoms of heart disease. So if you take a daily dose of low-dose aspirin, have you realized that you could be in the crosshairs of a brain bleed known as intracranial hemorrhage? Intracranial hemorrhage accounts for 8 to 13% of all strokes, and it kills a striking number of people. And it can have lasting effects that could last the rest of your life. So I told you about the increase in stomach bleeds, right? Gastrointestinal bleeding. It could also cause bleeding in your head. When they did an analysis of uh, intracranial hemorrhage, they found that it was nearly 40% higher in aspirin takers, 40% higher. That's a lot. And this has been studied 
I, there's, and I'm not going to go into all of it, but I mean, they, they've studied it. I, I see here 13 human clinical trials. So it's really not safe, right? Aspirin a day. So the greatest risk increase was found for subdural hemorrhage or extradural. That's, that's the bleeding inside the brain and outside the lining of the brain. And you usually get them from a, a severe head injury, you know, from a, from a car accident or a fall. But taking aspirin can clobber you, ladies and gentlemen. It clobbers you from the inside. Your, your accident is happening from the inside out. And all you're doing is taking this cheap little pill, aspirin. So um, again, just want to put this out there so you know what you're dealing with, so you can have a, have a baseline, okay, of what you're doing. You know, most people say, oh, I'm only taking an aspirin. Hello? What does that mean? You're only taking an aspirin. And patients go to doctors all the time, uh, especially family doctors. And they, they go in and say, well, my cardiologist just begged me to take an aspirin. Oh, it's the greatest invention of the 20th century, just like penicillin. Well, not to get into the 19, 1918 flu epidemic, but taking aspirin was one of the causes of deaths during that epidemic. And I say tens of millions of Americans are taking this little aspirin pill. So what do they generally take it for? Well, to prevent clotting, right? To prevent a heart attack, to prevent a stroke. And what's the second reason people take aspirin? In my opinion is to, to help with inflammation like arthritis. You know, aches and pains. But if we all take the time to just see what the actual studies show, we could go back to 2010 and they, they studied aspirin for primary prevention of cardiovascular disease in patients with diabetes. Is these, these, that means that there were, they studied patients who were diabetic but had no history or evidence of heart disease. So they were told, well, you have diabetes, so you're at a high risk for heart disease. And aspirin was studied as a low risk, low cost prevention. But guess what? The study concluded that aspirin therapy did not reduce the risk of cardiovascular events. American College of Cardiology did a study in 2010. People taking aspirin had worse outcomes and a higher risk of having a heart attack than those not taking aspirin. Exactly the opposite of what the, the, they, the doctors told them when they went into the study. Some positive trials do exist, ladies and gentlemen, with regard to secondary prevention in men who have already had a heart attack or stroke. 
but it has some significant downsides. Chronic use of aspirin is associated with significant hearing loss in men, especially younger men. Well, Dr. Dr. Ryan Hughes is making that up. Well, the American Journal of Medicine in 2010 showed that. The summary of that study was regular use of aspirin and non-steroidal drugs like the ibuprofen type drugs or acetaminophen, you know it as Tylenol, increases the risk of hearing loss in men and the impact is larger on younger individuals. So here you're taking a, 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 a pill that you think is so, so safe. Add, add hearing loss to, to, the, uh, to the list. So we have GI hemorrhage, so gut bleeding, brain bleeding, Hearing loss, colon cancer. And, you know, it's also associated with Crohn's disease, not not ulcerative colitis, but Crohn's disease. There's a strong positive association between regular aspirin use and Crohn's disease. So are there safer alternatives? We'll, We'll get into that. I just want to give you an idea of what this little pill, this daily aspirin, and what it can do to you. And some of these studies were huge. I mean, 19,000 adults in one, 70 years and older. And here's one here. That Forbes picked up and said, toss your aspirin, ladies and gentlemen. This was 19,000 healthy adults, 70 years and older, 65 years uh, and older uh, for blacks and Hispanics in the United States found that an enteric coated aspirin that is similar to the dose of a baby aspirin increased the risk of death, did not reduce the risk of heart disease or disability or dementia or cancer. In fact, there was an increase in mortality, an increase in death. An increase in bleeding. There was nothing on the plus side for aspirin. There was no benefit found whatsoever. One of the co-authors, Dr. Murray, stated, we knew there would be an increase of bleeding with aspirin because there has always been, but not only did it not decrease the risk of disability or death, it did not decrease the risk of a heart attack or stroke. And there was an increase in the rate of death, a baby aspirin a day, a baby aspirin a day. So aspirin's linked to a lot of adverse effects, ladies and gentlemen. You know about the bleeding. I don't think you've heard about it because nobody talks about it. The hearing loss and and ringing in your ears. And I don't think anybody has mentioned to you before about Crohn's disease. And this baby aspirin, you know, it's 300, it's 81 milligrams, like this. That's supposed to be a lot safer than the 
the regular aspirin, which is 325 milligrams, so the baby dose and the adult dose. But even the baby aspirin has, can cause significant GI bleeding and damage. Even at the low doses that were recommended for cardiovascular protection. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to lump into this aspirin discussion. Also the NSAIDs like ibuprofen. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to just let you know about that. And I'm going to let you also know that there's foods that contain aspirin. Now, how much is going to be depend how sensitive you are. Okay. But you should know that broccoli, olives, Coca-Cola, breath mint, pistachios, mushrooms, and coffee. Except they don't have anything in common, but they do have traces of salicylate. They all contain salicylate similar to aspirin. So you may have a, an aspirin allergy. Well, one of the, the clue might be you cannot eat broccoli or olives or drink a Coca-Cola because you don't feel right. The foods are not similar, but they all contain salicylates. So you may get a headache after eating broccoli. You may get asthma or wheezing. You may get swelling of your hands and feet or some sinus symptoms. It could be you have a, an aspirin allergy. And that's, that's something that we don't talk about. And nuts and seeds, I gotta tell you, they contain, they contain salicylates. So if you're allergic to nuts and seeds, you might be allergic to aspirin. So I guess it could work in reverse. Huh? If you if you need the benefits of aspirin but don't want to take the artificial salicylates, maybe you could use it through their natural sources. Hmm? And there's a whole list. You can just you can just search that on the internet. I mean, it goes from apples, the the kiwis, plums, peaches, and down to zucchini. And you might be allergic to aspirin, but still be able to eat these because these this is the natural salicylate. It doesn't have that extra molecule of acetyl that the drug companies put on there so they could patent it. Okay, so I'm not going to get into salicylate-free diets. That's that's another another program. But just just want to give you an idea of what it is involved if you're taking aspirin. Like, oh, it's no big deal. It's only an aspirin. Okay, maybe you have a different outlook on it now because there are definite risks, ladies and gentlemen, to the use of low-dose aspirin. For the primary use, it's used in primary, primary prevention. And the benefits are only perceived, they're not actual. We, you know, we, studies have proven that already. So we have to be a little bit careful uh, when we use these.
I see we have our our doctor listening in. Welcome. Wonder if you you knew this with your patients and with your pharmacy background about aspirin. Crazy, isn't it? Even the FDA reversed their position on it. So what 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 can you take beside aspirin? Well, you could eat those aspirin foods if you can if you're not allergic. Right? There are some natural choices. And the one that I like is Dr. Will Wong's Zymescence. It's it's the strongest systemic enzyme in the United States, maybe in the world. It can reduce inflammation without any of the risks incurred from low-dose aspirin therapy. Because it, it can perform the benefits of not having you not clot as well as it has some heart strengthening properties. There's a, 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 a product called Pycnogenol. P-Y-C-N-O-G-E-N-O-L. It's from the French pine bark. That can in, inhibit platelet aggregation. You know, that's like the platelets are the part of your blood that, clot, that cause clotting. And they studied these, the, the platelet aggregation in smokers, and it was effective as aspirin without the adverse effects of bleeding. Pycnogenol from the French pine bark extract. So there's two beside magnesium, CoQ10. And the Yes products of Dr. of um, uh, Brian Peskin, the plant plant essential, uh, parent essential oils, PEOs, the parent essential oils. They could be used risk almost risk free. And the parent essential oils have another benefit is that they clean up your cell membranes so you can get in oxygen and get out toxins. So parent essential oils, the systemic enzymes. Okay. Can have the same effect as a low dose aspirin without the side effects. And you want to work with your healthcare provider about using the CoQ10, the L-carnitine, the magnesium, and the vitamin E, but they all can be used in place of aspirin without the, the bad side effect. Now, there's one side effect that I just found that's really disturbing because even I had to, to dig through the literature to find this. Okay, be, uh, everything I told you is, is documented in the literature. But uh, let me tell you about this one. It's a deadly side effect, and that's why I want to want to make sure I get this right. Because it can, this this side effect can kill you. This study came out of Chicago's Feinberg School of Medicine. They followed three thousand patients of both sexes, ranging in age from eighteen to eighty nine, 
Within that group, nearly 1,200 have been taking a daily aspirin for a year or more. So now they tracked them for five years, and guess what they found? Compared to those who did not take aspirin, the men who popped the daily aspirin doubled their risk. Listen to this. Please pay attention. Doubled their risk of being diagnosed with melanoma, even at the low 81 milligram dose, the danger remained. Interestingly, they did not find this increased melanoma threat to be true for women. They, one theory they had was that, that women may have more protective enzymes than men. And that goes back to one of my recommendations, Dr. Wang's Zymescence, Z-Y-M-E-S-S-E-N-C-E. You can find that at Wong Essentials. And we have, you could just uh, search my uh, previous uh, podcast for uh, Zymessons and Dr. Wong. We've done, we've done podcasts on that. What a great product this is. So uh, I, w- I was really taken back to, to see this when I start, start looking up aspirin. Because it's like, it's used like candy, huh? Oh, take an aspirin. You have a headache, take an aspirin. Well, the devil's always in the details. And the details in research on colon cancer are that people who appear to have lower rates of colon cancer were taking gigantic doses up to 1,200 milligrams of aspirin a day. Wow. Who would have thought? That's like 15 low-dose aspirin pills a day for years on end. And this came out of the research done at the University of California at Irvine, finding that this aspirin could supercharge colon cancer cells. So next time you see that bottle of aspirin, ladies and gentlemen, recognize it for what it really is. It's a dangerous drug. Maybe one that couldn't even make it to market these days. Now, if you think you're having a heart attack, definitely take that aspirin, okay? But you don't don't need to take one day in and day out to prevent it because it doesn't work. And if you want to make sure the odds are in your favor for dodging cancer, don't even touch one aspirin pill, please. Okay. So that's what I'm going to, that, that, that's what I want to, the, the thought I want to get through to you today is, uh, is what to be concerned about, the safer natural alternatives. And before I go today, I know, you know, we've been talking about vitamin D3 really important vitamin but please as you take these higher doses that we recommend to get your vitamin d level up to at least 80 uh, you you have to take vitamin k2 and and magnesium because you'll have some calcium form with this taking the taking this much vitamin d and you don't you don't want it to calcify in your body you want it in your system so you, you you have to 
take vitamin K2 and magnesium to avoid any complications associated with excessive calcification, okay? So magnesium, um, people say how much? Well, I start out about 400 milligrams a day because uh, most people are deficient in magnesium anyway. And it's necessary to activate vitamin D. And we just don't want that vitamin D to be stored in its inactive form. We want it active, so the, the magnesium helps that. And as I said, this is one, one supplement that you can have measured. You can have measured a couple times a year to know exactly where your, your level is. So we know people that take vitamin D uh, have less flu symptoms. They're just generally healthier people. But we want that vitamin D metabolized, okay? So we need magnesium and vitamin K2. Because you might be taking a lot of this vitamin D and it might be staying in its inactive form and it's really, it's not really effective. And we talked about aspirin and heart disease. Well, you, you know, vitamin D is, is, is a vitamin that lowers your risk of heart disease death because vitamin D actually is a steroid. It's, it prevents a lot of diseases. I've seen studies that where it improves age-related macular degeneration, can prevent it. Alzheimer's disease, heart disease. It has infection fighting abilities like we talked about in the flu and colds. It's a hormone, it really is. It's a steroid hormone, it can really make keep you healthy. And if you already have cardiovascular vascular disease, there's a study in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism and found that normal intake of vitamin D significantly reduces your risk of death if you have this heart disease. So higher levels are better than lower levels, okay? And you want it up around 80 to 90. And don't trust your doctor to say your, your, your vitamin D level is normal because normal could be 20. You don't want it normal. You want it optimal. You want it up in the 80 to 100 range. So you have to find out what is your number, okay? You don't want it normal. You want it. Oh, you want it optimal and high. You don't want it 20 or less. That, that is really inadequate. And of course, that, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be eating a very diet, okay? I mean, diet is really important. It doesn't mean you should get not get some sensible sun exposure. I'm blessed to be here in Southwest Florida. We went through some cold weather, but now it warmed up. I was able to get to the beach this morning for a nice walk. So vitamin K2, okay, you can get that in eggs and butter. 
And you can look this stuff up. I mean, magnesium is in almonds, cashews, bananas, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. You'll find something there you like. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you learned something about aspirin today. Uh, and I'll close by telling you this again. There have been no deaths from vitamins. Supplement safety yet again confirmed by America's largest database. Zero deaths from any vitamins as reported in the 37th annual report from the American Association of Poison Control Centers. There's been deaths from aspirin. There's been deaths from the COVID jab. jab. There's been deaths from everything man-made. And even God-made. You can drink too much water, okay? You could actually drown yourself. But from what we talk about, from the, from the drugs made by the big pharmaceutical companies, they'll always uh, have negative things to say about vitamins. They want to control them. But just remember, there have been no deaths from vitamins. So with an attitude of gratitude, I welcome you and say goodbye today. And uh, remember, gratitude has a lot of gifts and can keep you healthier and make you more satisfied with your life. And I keep going back. I mean, we're going to get over this and we're, we're, we're nearly to the end now. Uh, soon as a Fauci can be fired from his job and we get people like Dr. Scott Atlas and people that really know their that have worked in epidemiology epidemiology and are not politicians. We're gonna get we're gonna get out of this. And remember, diet is important, but consider diet holistically. Not only what you eat, it's what you watch, what you listen to, what you read, who you hang around with. Hang around with with up lifting people okay and stay active okay this is dr ron host of dr ron unfiltered uncensored uh you can reach me on lots of platforms here on podbean on pod page on apple on google on spotify hey i'm still on spotify isn't that great i'm on there along with joe rogan uh iTunes Radio, iHeartRadio, you'll find us there. And I also post to BitChute and Rumble. And I'm on Telegram at DocRon Unfiltered, DocRon Unfiltered. I I post on that platform uh, mostly uh, articles I read of Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone, Dr. Tenpenny, good holistic practitioners who have common sense, who are not afraid to speak their minds, are not afraid of losing their licenses. And uh, see see what you like. Just join me and join up on that page, Doc Ron Unfiltered. Okay, I want to let Freddie take us home, and we'll see you next week. Hey, everybody, Dr. Ron's finished for the day. I hope you got some good wisdom for what the man had to say. If it's all about good health, he's the man you got to see. He has a lot more answers for you. So tune in next week when the doctor is in the house. Or when the doctor is in the house. Let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house.
doctor is in the house doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you i'm sure he can tell you just what to do the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house so if you have a pain call the doctor if you have a strain call the doctor let the doctor know what's bothering you when the doctor is in the house the doctor is in the house see you next week <laughs>